Well, welcome everyone to the Ag Market Network Cotton Teleconference, our monthly program. My name is Pat McClatchy. I'm the moderator. Uh, this will be the second time we have changed over to the afternoon format. We hope it works for everybody. Uh, our program is sponsored by BASF. Uh, they are the owners of Fibermax and Stoneville Cottonseed, and they are a longtime sponsor of our program, and we appreciate them. Uh, today we will be led by Gerald Nieper. Uh, he will be joined by our cotton panel, our regular panel of Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Dr. John Robinson, and Kip Butts. Uh, Gerald, how are you? Thanks for being with us. Well, Pat, I'm, I'm doing great, and it's good to be here today. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, you don't know whether you want a lot of changes uh, so that really does something to the market or very few changes in case you have to speak on this thing, you know, two and a half hours after the report comes out. Well, luckily, <laughs> luckily, USDA made almost no changes today. I mean, and I had to check it a couple of times, but world production, when you net it all out, was down 158,000 bales. World consumption, when you net it all out, was down 158,000 bales. I've never seen that, and I would guess that probably nobody else on this panel has ever seen that before either, where world production and consumption are uh, move in exactly the same direction by the exact same amount, amount when you net it all out. Now, that doesn't mean that there weren't some changes. They did reduce Pakistani production by 800,000 bales. Uh, that's still probably 500,000 to a million bales higher than what, you know, the, the, the estimates that are rumbling around in, in Pakistan are over there. Australia was raised 400,000 bales. China was up 250, um, although here recently just, well, I think it was it was today, in fact, that the Chinese Cotton Association, or Beijing Cotton Outlook came out and actually lowered the Chinese uh, production number by, by a hair, uh, which would be about 2.5 million bales below the USDA's estimate. Uh, the United States was up 47,000. Greece was down 50,000. Turkey down 100. Uh, Turkmenistan down 110,000, and Uzbekistan up 150,000. On the consumption side, you know, there were two big changes. Pakistan was reduced by 200,000 bales, and uh, Uzbekistan was, was up 50,000 bales. Uh, ending stock numbers didn't change much, although they did go back and make some revisions in Turkey all the way back to the 2013 crop year. Uh, minor revisions in, in consumption. It did not have an impact on, on this year's ending stocks, but uh, they did raise Australian ending stocks by 200,000, China by 250. They reduced Greece by 50, uh, Pakistan by 75,000, and uh, Turkmenistan by 60,000. So that was it in terms of any major changes out there. I suppose the, the biggest thing that I think the, at least I'm surprised with, and I think a lot of folks are surprised with, was U.S. production was actually raised instead of reduced. Um, you know, 47,000 bales. Um, you know, southeastern states down 75,000. Mid-South up 55,000. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas up 40. The far west up 15,000. 
and Pima up 12,000. Um, as I said earlier, um, and, and, I, and I continue to believe this myself, that when it's all said and done, U.S. production is going to be below 17 million. It probably will be closer to that uh, 16 million bail mark. Um, I don't know if it'll be as low as, as what the, uh, the classing offices are carrying it, but uh, it, it will probably be, be lower. Um, we, we just don't know yet. I don't, you know, USDA did not make any adjustments to exports um, or U.S. ending stocks, keeping them at 7.2 million bales. Um, they probably shouldn't. You know, I, I think the 14.6 million bale estimate they've got right now is still pretty good. You know, if you look at who's buying cotton, you, you know, you've got China, Vietnam, and Pakistan. And uh, now India seems to be coming into, into the mix here a little bit. Um, you know, Bangladesh seems to be uh, uh, adjusting their consumption needs. We've seen some pretty decent uh, uh, cancellations out of there, although somebody pointed out, isn't it interesting how you start seeing cancellations about the time you get real close to first notice day when, <laughs> when the trade is looking for some carry in the market? Um, the uh, um, and from what I can tell, you know, um, the demand that seems to be primarily rooted in some nearby delivery stuff because mills just don't know what to expect down the down the pike. Um, there's some indications that mills are starting to increase their coverage a little bit further out, which is giving some people the thought that maybe the demand might be increasing a bit as we go forward. But um, um, it still seems awfully difficult right now um, to, to justify trying to raise uh, uh, U.S. exports, with the exception of they may have reduced upland exports a little bit, and they possibly could have raised the uh, um, uh, the Pima exports, but I wouldn't imagine that would have been more than 75, maybe 100,000 bales but between the two. So maybe one would have come down and the other one went up. Pima uh, sales commitments right now are uh, at a historical high for this time of, of year. So, you know, there may be a reason to, to adjust the Pima export numbers when it's all said and done and, and reduce upland, but keep total exports of 14.6 remaining the same. Um, Pat, I don't know what else to say. I'm, you know, there's just there's just not a lot to to dissect in these numbers, unless I've missed something. And and um, so I'd be welcome to hear what the panel has to say if they had a chance to look at these numbers and form their own opinions. All right. Well, let's open it up for everybody. For what it's worth, uh, I think you did a good job on this. There was not a whole lot to talk about, and uh, you did. I think you covered all the bases, maybe more so than we ordinarily would, because uh, you were apparently looking for some things. Uh, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad you got that change in the Tajik for nothing. Uh, but uh, I, I said that dog in chief, of course. Uh, Gerald, Gerald, and I, also, uh, I don't really feel sorry for you having to give this week this month's report. I had to do it last month, and uh, there, we were expecting changes last month, and we got none. 
So I was digging and, and shoveling uh, consistently, separately, trying to figure out what to say and how to handle it. But uh, uh, the, the the real crux of the situation, let's say you do take the U.S. crop down 500,000, 600,000, whatever, uh, we're still looking at, at carryover at 6.6, 6.8 billion bales. We're still looking at world carryover at uh, 98 million to 101 million. Uh, so there's no reason for anybody to get excited. I, I, you know more about the bills covering than I do. I did not think they were covering very much. I don't see any reason why they would or should unless they're wanting some uh, very good high grades, extra high grades, extra good high grades, because there's going to be enough of low grades, mid grades uh, to go around the world a couple of times. Uh, the uh, the the COVID nineteen scare uh, going around the world again. Uh, I picked that up with Mills that they're beginning to get more concerned about consumption. Uh, impressed that USDA lowered consumption. However, I thought they would increase consumption. Uh, I, uh, I understand not lowering exports. I would lower exports, and it's not because of China. I'm hoping they'll buy more. I have concerns about that now. But uh, we will see Pakistan buying more. We'll see Bangladesh, as you mentioned, buying more. Vietnam will buy more. Turkey uh, should, would, but uh, the value of the lira has dropped. So, God, now it's extremely expensive into, into Turkey. So that may just, that and COVID may be hammering the Turkey domestic mill market a great deal. So uh, I, I noticed John and I were not too optimistic on exports, and I still am not optimistic on exports. Uh, a couple of my readers tell me it's far too early, and it is a bit early, but uh, we get about four or five decent export numbers a week, maybe. And then there's no other business. We'll have, we've been down to selling to as few as nine countries on, in a week, and a good week now is 15 countries. That's actually a great week. Uh, what has it perplexes me as well? But what's got this got, got us all bulled up with respect to exports is that we carried over from last year. Uh, Kept you and Gerald tell me, was it the largest export carryover we've ever had? If not, it was right at it. We carried over uh, exports a, a tremendous amount, and that's what's got us so far ahead this year in sales. It's not sales we're making. It's sales that were made a year ago before COVID hit. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I think the market, you know, when it got up to 72 and a half cents, it just ran everybody out. There's absolutely nobody going to chase this market. There's no reason to chase the market. Uh, I'm perplexed with the production, U.S. production, because of what everybody tells me. I have not gone out and seen it. I've not known the seed company representatives to miss yields very often. And uh, the ones I've talked to think this crop's a little bit lower. But uh, also we have to remember you you see, companies have improved their varieties year after year, and time after time again, we underestimate this crop. So uh, maybe USDA is uh, not as bad off as we think they are. What's the latest on, uh, you know, for, for a few months, well, for some time, we've heard about 
the Chinese slave labor and the fact that in Europe and also in the U.S. they're checking this cotton coming in uh, to the country uh, and have the ability to recognize that that cotton is coming in. Where are we on that, OA? Is there any chance that uh, China is going to have to buy cotton from us to replace a lot of that cotton that can't be used? Uh, what, where yes, that's, yeah, that's still very active there. Uh, they are requiring... The, the the retailers are requiring their the supply chain their suppliers to sign documents to give them a certification that this is non Xinjiang cotton it's non slave labor it's non child labor cotton uh, and uh, that's they're choosing now to fight the battle that way uh, at the same time uh, customs is still on the lookout for. Uh, mills that have been reported to them and trying to locate uh, fabric co- uh, apparel coming in uh, that way. But again, most of the apparel that's coming in is uh, it, it's well, it might have some cotton in it. Most of it's coming in uh, synthetics. So when we see apparel sales doing good, we have to really drop back and say, wait a minute, that used to mean cotton. It's not meaning so much cotton now. But we're still very active on it, yes. And it's going to mean something, and it should mean that uh, 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 China will import more U.S. cotton, and I think they will. Uh, There is so much Chinese rumor swirling the official Washington scene now who it tends to get into it, and I don't. I would just say that uh, without pressure on the Chinese, there's, there's not much need for them to buy cotton without pressure on them. Now, they'll buy the grains. They'll buy the grains out of the kazoo. They need it. Uh, uh, they, they desperately need it. Uh, uh, and as we mentioned grains before the, we went formally uh, on, on this broadcast, uh, uh, which brings us to the point is what in the world is cotton going to do next year because uh, we certainly aren't going to be able to match the, the price. It, Pat, as long as I'm talking and enjoying myself listening, as no one else listening, we've got to be concerned about cotton as we get into next year, looking at the Mato Grosso soybean crop being two months, maybe going into three months delayed. Uh, that's going to delay the cotton crop that would be planted, what, February or so. Uh, the second crop in Brazil, that's going to delay that, which means that the second Brazilian crop is going to be uh, somewhat lower. So that may May, sooner or later could be an optimistic point for cotton, but I fear that we're going to need something bullish uh, about the time February comes along. Thank you. John? And, you know, to, to... Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, to always point, you know, I, I think, you know, even if you get a crop reduction here in the United States, um, as, as long as, as you don't have the demand, as OA was was alluding to there, and it you know the demand is is iffy out there. I wasn't just suggesting that there were a lot of mills who were trying to cover further out. I was just saying that there it had been mentioned to me that there were some some minor signs of that, and and maybe you know people were just trying to make something out of it that there really wasn't there. But you know you can only go so far with reducing the crop. You still have to have somebody to buy what's there. And, and that seems to be what, what we're missing here, you know, in, in short order right now. And that's what's keeping this, this market from, from trying to climb or at least trying to climb any higher. That and, 
seven million bales in, in carryover, uh, or estimated carryover for this next year. So uh, um, <clears throat> the uh, always point is, is well taken. Uh, and Gerald, likewise, I, you know, I, we find five mills that are starting to go out into second quarter of next year, or even first quarter of next year. That's news. It's good to find one, two, or three. <laughs> <laughs> Count them on your hand. It's it's something positive. It's so tough. Right. Uh, well, I, th- so, I think, you know, in the short term, I do believe we're in a situation where demand is the key. And, you know, if you're looking at a six-and-a-half to seven-million-barrel carrier, that's really hard in the U.S. I mean, it's really hard to make a bull market out of that. But then you, you know, look outside, and, and to always point earlier, he made, we're talking 100 million bales out there in total, including the U.S. That's, that's just a really big number, and we're not seeing uh, the point that uh, that Gerald kind of expanded on. That was the demand. Uh, this, this COVID, although we're seeing in some parts of the world increases in the uh, in the average incomes, there's just no incentive given the world pandemic to to really get out there and, and, and start spending. What this means, I think, is we're going to wind up at some point having a lot of pent-up demand. Unfortunately, that may not show up for a long period of time. That's sort of the silver lining to what I'm seeing right now is to be a, a pretty short-term bad ugly kind of situation because we just can't seem to get, uh, I mean, to the point both you guys were making, we're looking for information on bills buying. And that wasn't the case before. We're, you know, 2 million bills behind right now on our, almost on our export shipments, uh, uh, no, sales rather, uh, uh, commitments. So although shipments have been very good, the outstanding sales are really very poor. And at this point, there's, I've been wanting to be bullish U.S. exports because of uh, a potential lower crop. And my thought that uh, the phase one would ensure China would come in and buy more. But um, that is, I won't say in jeopardy, but it's certainly uh, we're in a scenario now where that's questionable how aggressively they're going to, to go into that. We're getting a, we'll go through a transition of administrations, which, may or may not impact that, uh, but it is something we have to think about. So I'm not as optimistic as I was. I was the bull before, and I think the 14.6 is probably a much better number now. I was uh, significantly higher than that. But but it's all to me, it's all about the demand, and that is certainly what's missing today. I'm sorry I went on too long. Uh, I think you were going to say something. well, I was going to say I don't have that much more to add to things, but I I do agree with what I've heard as far as telling a story that next year I think the the recovery is going to take a long time, um, but you know it should be improved as we we think about the twenty one crop the twenty one twenty two marketing year and what Ole was saying about perhaps a smaller supply coming out of Brazil next year, and I think as dry as it is in Texas now and with a forecast of La Nina dryness between now and June, it's just going to be one of those years where we have a very high abandonment and probably a short supply. And if that coincides with recovery, 
um, you know, we'll, we'll take it. It'll be under a tough situation. But getting back to the near term, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on the being perplexed about this is the normal. October, November is the normal time of the year that we see some adjustment, refinement in the U.S. production number, and we have seen little change. So does that mean that there's a rather large supply of low-grade cotton out there, or does that mean that the normal USDA processes and surveying gins and you know the normal data uh, sources and processes that we're all dependent on are not quite the, not as good this year, you know? Because I don't know why. Because USDA folks are affected by COVID too. I I, I don't know. Uh, it just really leaves me leaves me wondering. You know, the next big adjustment time is usually like in De or January when we bring in new certified uh, acreage data and there might be a little discrete adjustment. Maybe it'll be bigger this time. But then I come back around to O.A.'s point. Even if they even if they ultimately whack off a million bales of production, the export cut won't be as big. We're still going to be six and a half million of ending stocks, and by the numbers, it's it's going to be a heavy bearish situation. So no no reason, no fundamental reason for things to be rising up above where we've been. Well, you John know, made a comment that I want to get back to real quick, just to reemphasize. Uh, he made the comment that October, November is when USDA typically makes some fairly significant changes to catch up and do things they need to do, and we didn't see that. So it makes us all wonder, you know, what's going on? Are there do we not have those big adjustments? John, thank you for mentioning that. I, uh, I think we need to pay a lot more attention to what you just said. Well, we're going to get into projections on price but before we do that let me just bring up one thing and maybe we don't remember it but going back for some months we've looked at this supply and demand we've looked at these big carryouts and pretty much felt like this thing can't go any higher and it kind of has so is there a disconnect here with this market is there something else driving it up here or are we finally saying okay Previous months, that was then, but now it's reached the point where it's not going to be able to go up much farther. I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but this market, we've been looking at this thing saying it's a top for months, and it hadn't been. So I guess that's where a lot of confusion is for a lot of people, is that you know this, this market this market hadn't really been a bad market. It's been a pretty good market, contrary to every fundamental that anyone should pay any attention to. If anybody wants to touch that, you know, have at it. Well, it 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 went up. It went up with hedge fund buying, and uh, until the hedge funds reversed themselves a little. Um, but you know, if, if it's at seventy, it could always be at seventy-one or seventy-two if something. If they just get in gear and have a mind to to buy it up a little higher, um, so uh, I guess what I would say is there's been no change in my thought that whatever it's offering you is still a, probably a good selling opportunity. Okay, well if then it's let me just seventy or seventy-one. Let me start off with you, and you give me your price projections for cotton. You can look at old crop, and you can look at new crop. I, I would really be interested in knowing both of those. Uh, Okay, um, let's let's say there's one more surprise left on the production side um, that could give us I don't know seventy 
73 down to 67. Seems like it'll probably spend the rest of its time in there. Old crop and on a new crop situation, I'm I'm uh, I could see the whole price range being shifted up five or six cents. So I could see it trading from uh, a little wider, 65 to 75. All right, <clears throat> Kip, give me your projections on on old crop and new crop. Well, old crop, I've been uh, I've been pretty befuddled for a while now. I, I didn't expect we'd be at these levels uh, as a fundamental uh, from a fundamental perspective. So I I agree with the comment that John made that this is maybe spec and hedge fund inspired, but it doesn't alter the fact we're here and it hasn't come off much. So. Um, Maybe we're going to start seeing some uh, some delivery mechanics that'll that'll press prices down a little bit. But uh, Jill alluded to earlier, this may be caught up more in carry than in anything. Um, so I'm thinking maybe it's got a cent or two to the upside. I don't trust the upside of this market as a fundamentalist. I think it it has an incentive to uh, uh, all all the reason to go down from here rather than up. So. I agree with the comment that if someone has something to sell, they should probably get that done, that these levels are anything that might bounce a little higher than this. Um, new crop, I, I'm not going to disagree with what, uh, with what John said, but I'm, I'm thinking that we should have uh, a slightly lower area next year for cotton, which should or could um, give us a bit of an upside potential. But kind of going into what I said earlier, we're going to have to see better demand prospects uh, for U.S. exports if this market is going to really get much of a rally at all. So um, maybe we could take this thing to 60 cents uh, in new crop, but I'm more inclined to think uh, maybe a a mid-60 to 70, well, the, the very range that John said. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and just repeat what he said. All right. Oh, hey, what about you? Well, uh, October 29th, not long ago, Wall Street Journal carried an article. Uh, their lead commodity article was uh, cotton. And... Uh, it's that saying that by the time it hits the principal newspaper, it's done. So, in my opinion, the bull is done in cotton. Uh, highs are in. Okay, go 100 points higher. That makes so. Highs are in. It's done. Uh, short crops have long tails. Uh, demand is in array. The uh, first leg of the COVID, we uh, put, put in the first leg of the V, created uh, billions of dollars for investment purposes, speculative purposes. Cotton got its share. Uh, the grains picked up their first leg. We thought cotton was going to be the shining star. Grains have turned out to be for other reasons, but uh, cotton got its share, drove us up to where we are. Uh, now then, uh, the, the stock market's back in play. The spec money's gone. Uh, we'll probably be very limited now. So without the specs coming in and blowing this market higher, finally we get back to fundamentals, which in the long run do rule one way or the other. Uh, so I, I, I tend to be hanging on to where we are, hoping and praying and wishing 
and hoping, which means, uh, as I've said for a while, 100% sold. If you want to play around with it a little bit, that's fine. Uh, and so I, I don't know. What Do we hold it at six sixty-five cents? I don't know. Uh, at some point in time, we've got to figure out how to make cotton competitive for uh, 2021. Uh, I don't know that we can be competitive for 2021 because we're looking at uh, $12 beans. Uh, we may be looking at $14 beans. I would not be surprised at that. We commented that in corn deficit areas in the Deep South, the basis is such that 50, 60, 75, 85 cents positive basis uh, is going to be a lot of corn grown and a lot of beans grown. So who's going to grow, grow cotton next year? I think we've got to take that down into the very low 60s red deck. Uh, I think we've got to take it there. We've got to try to hold on to see that this uh, second Brazilian crop is going to be low. We've got to see that uh, uh, cotton production around the world, acreage plantings will be down, and that will be our driving point to get uh, get the 2021 crop back up. I don't know that I see the uh, 2021 crop prices uh, recovering a great deal until we get oh, anywhere from 12 to 15 months from now after we drop down as much as a nickel or more. All right, Gerald? <clears throat> well, you know, for close to seven and a half months, we've been in a pretty well-defined uptrend channel. And until that uptrend channel is, is broken, um, maybe we just skate along the, the, the bottom end of the channel. Um, you know, you got to wonder what's going to take you back to the, to the top end of the channel right now. But... Uh, um, you know, it, it is a pretty well-defined channel. The uh, you know, but every day that that goes by, you know, the bottom end of that support line, you know, is goes up and up and up. So, you know, you're sitting around 68 cents right now. You know, I think somewhere between 67 and 68 cents is decent support in this market. Um, if uh, if if you were to break 60. 66.90, I think, really, is would be a number that I'm looking at. If you were to break that on a closing basis, you know, you could easily run back down to 63 to 64 cents. Um, but until that's done, it, it's hard to sit here and call a topper's market, at least from a technical standpoint. There's a ton of, you know, fundamental arguments. As Kip was mentioning, as always mentioning, is like, how in the heck did we get up here to begin with, you know? Um, and to, to these price levels, given given all the fundamentals out there that's been kind of thrown around at us, you know, if we made our run to 72.50, a lot of smart people were looking for a 72.50 high. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I necessarily was. I was thinking that we could get a little bit higher. We didn't do it. We come back down, and uh, you know, the market is trading kind of sideways. It has been for the last uh, three or four days. Um, you know, yesterday was, was a welcome reprieve for, for cotton from the standpoint of uh, it looked, you know, based upon what happened last Friday, it looked like we were just for sure going to just keep on going down. And then, you know, they released the news about this, this vaccine. Of course, uh, you know, that caused all kinds of excitement in, in the stock market and, uh, you know, became a risk on day and, and cotton was able to enjoy some of that. Um, Today, even today, with, with numbers that, 
you know, at at first glance, you would have thought, geez, this market's not going to hold here. Well, it went down, and it came back. I mean, we only ended up settling 15 points lower on the day. So something's going on there, and I, I just don't know if this don't quite have it all figured out. Maybe it is all speculative money out here, you know, helping this market up here. But uh, I think I think we're going to try to make another run for for the high. You know, I don't think December will quite get through back up to that 72, 7250 area. But I do think that that March will try to make a run for that at, at some point. And uh, so I'm a little bit friendly on the March contract, maybe running up to possibly as high as. It's somewhere in the 74 to 76 cent range. And, uh, of course, this is all predicated on December maintaining, you know, its support and, and its uh, trend line here. You've got that March-May or the December-March spread out to 180 points today. And usually, you know, a spread that's widening is not the most bullish sign. So, but in this case, I think if it were to go out a little bit further, yeah, we're putting certificated stocks on the board, but, you know, if you get this thing out wide enough, you know, people will just carry the darn stuff instead of delivering it against the contract. Um, and what's full carry um, probably differs among people, but you somewhere in the 2 to 225-point range would probably give anybody more than enough carry to, to take this thing to, to the March contract. Um, so I think December has a the December between now and first notice day has a decent shot at uh, maybe trying to get back up above a, a high that we saw a couple of days ago of seventy ninety four. If we can get above there, you know that would be the only thing that, in my opinion, that uh, would possibly lead us to to a run back to uh, uh, seventy two to seventy two fifty. Um, I think it's looking tougher as, as we move along here. And the, right now we're sitting here in the middle of everybody rolling positions from December to March, and it just seems like about two weeks before first notice day, markets just don't do a whole lot because people are just moving positions around, so we don't have a lot of outright movement. So I don't know that I have a whole lot of faith in December making a, a big run, but I do think that, that the March contract could again could make a run to that 74 to 76 cent area if we don't break technical support on on the December contract. So for the rest of this crop year, I think we've got a, a decent shot at 74 to 76 cents. Um, if uh, you know for all all the reasons that have been mentioned previously, uh, and if this thing were to break support. You know, I could easily see us back in the 63 to 65 cent range. So, for the rest of this crop here, maybe 63 cents on the low side on whatever the nearby contract is, and maybe 74 to 76 cents on whatever the nearby contract is. Uh, for new crop, oh wait. Uh, uh, for well, I started to say for for a market or a group that uh, might deliver. Uh, only the big boys are delivering anymore, I think. Uh, do you really think carryover needs to exceed two hundred points to get them to keep cotton? I, I carry on carry. I mean, I would 
want to put it down around 125 points. You know, I always sort of carry in or carry in my head. I always have a number in my head of somewhere between 160 and 190 points. Okay, that sounds better. That doesn't make but, much sense. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think you know, and particularly if it's in your own warehouse, right? It's going to be a lot cheaper right. than That's if you're getting. paying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would agree that it, it is less. So we may be we right now we may be at full carry at 180 points. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, and and well, for and some then traders, some. That's true. You know, for some yeah. traders, 180 points, but it's probably not a huge number. But to always point, maybe the ones that count, the ones that are really going to participate in this uh, in the delivery process, maybe a few of them are, are in that in that in that yeah. range. So, um, well, and by the way, before I forget, excuse me, um, Gerald, uh, I don't remember if it was the last uh, session or the one before was talking about. We had the potential technically to go to 70 cents. And I didn't say it at the time, but I was thinking, given the fundamentals, what planet is Gerald on? Congratulations. Good job. <laughs> he, he did say that. I agree. <laughs> he did say that. Did I say but, that? But, I didn't uh, remember saying that. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. And I, I wanted to give you credit and then just say kudos to you. Good job. Well, to make sure rather than a compliment, that's a backhanded compliment. I got a text today after the USDA numbers came out that said, on what planet is USDA? So <laughs> <laughs> They might be on planet Mars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't think that, that, that they're that far away. It just, um, yeah, I, I don't know uh, what their, their methodology is. Uh, maybe it's Maybe we're the ones on a different planet, uh, but uh, it, it certainly it certainly doesn't seem that way when you talk to enough people. Um, people are kind of bummed out in, in a lot of different ways, um, and particularly like you know what was there? There was no change in Georgia, and uh, I'm, I'm hearing that, uh, for example, Georgia yields. People were expecting you know to have some some decent yields, and they're just they're just not showing up. Um, so they're they're coming back to to, to more normal numbers as, as opposed to you know ex, extraordinary numbers. Um, but uh, getting back to you know for, for new crop for 2021, um, I just don't know. Um, I would like to make the argument that we could see a, a, a 77 cent new crop number, but I, you're not going to have any idea of that until you get into the May, you know, April May time period when you start seeing plantings and, and what what the longer range weather forecast looks like with with this La Nina and everything. Um, the in places right now, but uh, so and and with with beans and corn going to take away some some acres probably in in, in various places. Um, and if it's dry again on the high plains of Texas, you know you could be looking at a you know doesn't matter what what the harvested number is. I mean we could be back down in that you know fourteen to fifteen million bale range as, as far as uh, U.S. production is concerned. So that might get us to the 
mid to, to upper 70s. But um, it's hard to sit here and say 77 cents right now on new crop, um, just given everything else that's going on. But I'm willing to stick my neck out on that one. As far as a, a low number on new crop, maybe 65 cents, 64 to 65 cents for, for right now. Okay. Any when closing? you stick your neck out to 77 cents on new crop, you're, are you assuming this 100 million bale carryover is going to go away? <laughs> hey, I'm just assuming that whatever was driving us up to this number now yeah. is 100 million bales. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe eventually it, it'll, it, it'll, maybe eventually somebody will, wait a minute, how can we be Hey, question to the group. <laughs> I'm supposed to be bullish, so excuse me. Well, and a quick question for the group. But this one, I'm not arguing with USDA's 114 on on mill use in the world, but it, are we going to go larger than that anytime soon? To I mean, Oway makes a good point about are we going to be at 100 million or, or so? To me, part of our our crop next year and our planting has to be kind of predicated in the demand prospects, and and I just don't see that. We've, we've kind of talked around it, but is 114 a good number? Are we going to be able to add to that of any consequence? If not, I just wonder whether we're going to get much area expansion or even close to the area we've got this year, next year in the world. I mean, how much is it going to have to go down without a big consumption movement? Well, and again, I want to be very careful uh, with the names I use, but, but uh, I'll just I'll accept the science as the science. I, I, the, the noted and, and highly positioned uh, Dr. Fauci and his team are telling us it's going to be uh, consistent throughout the year 2021 and don't look for any relief until 2022. Uh, and, and taking that at face value, and, and I, I, I do for purposes of supply and demand estimates, uh, boy, 2021 is going to be tough for demand. Uh, that's what scares me. That's just what scares me. But, you know, I guess, Gerald, to your point, too, the indirectly, Kip, John, the you points, uh, we don't have to make that decision right now. We, we, we just put it on the back burner and be aware of it. Uh, uh, Maybe some uh, the the the, the well well healed growers may want to do some uh, some hedging on red deck now. Uh, uh, from listening to me, but if you listen to Gerald, you may want to go long on red deck. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I might want to hedge a little bit. You know, always the uh, it, something that I, I didn't mention, and somehow it's 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 easy to forget. I think. You know, these extra unemployment benefits that the unemployed were getting, right. you know, they ended in July. Right. And that was 600 bucks a week. They don't have that right now. You yeah. know, Congress, you know, they're still fighting over these numbers. You know, a lot of these folks don't have anything. And I think we were insulated from the true impact of this, of, of the virus, layoffs, with these extra funds that people had to spend. And so, you know, um, if, if Congress can't get together and, 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 and agree on something, 
um, you know, even a little bit of help, you know, this thing may get much more exposed um, as, as far as, you know, poor demand than, than we can even imagine. If Congress can put that money back in our pockets for the next six months, yeah, your numbers may be a whole lot closer than what I'm thinking the numbers will be. That's right. And I may be taking the most pessimistic view, but yes, yes, we definitely, without question, the economy has missed that. And it was a major mistake by uh, Washington, D.C. not to appropriate those funds. Well, guys, I think I think we need to kind of wrap it up here. We've had a good meeting. Uh, want to want to thank everybody for joining us. <clears throat> we uh, want to again thank our sponsor uh, BAS, BASF for helping us uh, as the owner of FiberMax and Stoneville Cotton Seed. They've been with us a long time. Uh, thanks to our Cotton Panel for all that uh, the contribution today, and also for Gerald Nick for for leading us. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. We want to thank everybody. Thank you all.